ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? You Break Guy Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At You Break Guy Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility. And from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, You Break I Fix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools? It's true. And it's also easy to visit youbreakifix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break I Fix. This is Jen Kelly with the Louisiana Hospitality Foundation, and you're listening to Flourish Truly. Good evening, beautiful people, and happy Tuesday. This is Tina and Jeff with this week's episode of Flourish Truly. Hey, Jeff, happy fall. Hey, it's fall? It's fall today. Yes, the first official day of fall. Oh, wow. It it happened so fast. I feel like it was just... uh... I feel like it was just Christmas and now it's fall again. (laughs) Our favorite time of the year. Now, if the sun would just make an appearance and grace us with its presence, we'll be doing great. (laughs) Yeah, I think I've, I think I've told you, I've, I've forgotten what the sun looked like and I hear some beautiful stories about it, but I think we've been under clouds now for what is it about five days about five yes, straight days it's, it's rained or drizzled or misted or some form of precipitation around us but it's it's been a well I, I say a welcome break because it has cooled things off a little bit we've been in the 70s which was nice over the weekend was gorgeous minus the rain I mean I sat outside for a good while and watched the games on Sunday and other than the rain it was really a nice day but, it was borderline uh, chilly with the humidity so high and the breeze. Like, yeah, I it, I wore I wore a sweatshirt most of the weekend. So I actually had to go grab a throw because I was sitting outside, and every now and then we get a couple of gusts of wind that it actually made it quite chilly. So I said, you know, let me go grab that, and I watched the games out there. I watched the uh, Dallas and uh, the Atlanta game, which was, oh, that was the really best game exciting. Of the season was, so far. That was yes, it was the best game of the season. It really made my day. And uh, then no, it's one know, thing. It's one thing when you get really excited because your your least favorite team defeats your most hated team. <laughs> <laughs> I know. know at the beginning of the day, everybody's online and they're posting about like, well, what, what who, who do we root for? I was like, well, that's, a, you know, we know who we're, we're rooting for. It's just, you don't want to say I'm rooting for them. It's like, well, I, I dislike both of them, but the hatred goes much deeper on one or the other. And for a while there, it looked like really Atlanta was just going to blow them out the water. But of course, you know, they did what they do and, and they blew that lead. And then yeah, the, Atlanta, the, came out. the Atlanta Falcons pulled a classic Atlanta Falcons. That's yes. what happened. <laughs> yes. I saw your post, which made, really made me literally laugh out loud. I thought, that was funny so that was a great game and that got me all hyped up for yesterday (laughs) and then of course we saw the game last night against the Raiders yeah well I tell you what I can hear the tone of your voice and um you know I have to say last week on the show I did say 
that the Raiders are a good young team. The Raiders are a team that are going to be a challenge. It was going to be a tough game. We're going into that brand new stadium. And I love, I love uh, Deuce's comment before the game where he said, it still has that new stadium smell, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's rare, especially since you're in a brand new stadium that hasn't even had fans in it yet. You know, it's no. crazy. So, and from I, what I saw online and from, and from people that I know that were there, they said it was really, really nice stadium. It's a beautiful facility. It's a shame that they weren't able to have fans there, but actually I'm I'm kind of glad that a lot of our hoodats weren't at that game because I know how expensive those tickets were going for online and I know the cost to get over there and tailgate. And of course, our fans travel so well and they make it an event. I mean, it's not just like they fly in for a day, go to the game and fly out. So for the sake of saving money, I'm glad they weren't able to make it because the Saints just didn't make it worth it last night. And, no, no, I, really you know, didn't. as much as I love this team, what we saw last night was not typical of Drew Brees. It was not typical of our defense. The receivers couldn't catch a cold. I mean, I am just, I'm literally waiting for somebody to pinch me because I'm still in complete and utter shock over that game and just disappointed all around all sides of the ball outside of Alvin Kamara, who is just playing phenomenal. He looks like a guy who's playing for a contract, not one who just got his contract. And of course, you know, our, 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 our solid punter and kicker Thomas Morstead and Will Lutz other than that, I mean, there really wasn't much to, to be encouraged. The first quarter we, we came out really hot and then it was like somebody just deflated the balloon. I don't know what happened. The defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. It was just, it was incredibly embarrassing for them to let uh, Darren Waller just literally run all over us. I just, I am still just literally blown away. I know they're a great team. I know that the Raiders are one of those teams a couple of years ago. I mean, they were, they were literally right there knocking on the door and Derek Carr got hurt. So I never take a team for granted, but to come out like they did, especially with our history on a, in a primetime Monday night game to perform the way they did. I mean, Derek Carr threw for over 500 yards, drew through for over 400 yards, but he just looked lost. Oh, he looked, uh, you know, and that was a point that, I think is concerning for a lot of us who have watched Drew Brees over the years and seen him be that on-field commander. And that instinct seems to be MIA right now. And I think that, you know, there is something going on. And I think this is, you know, last week we talked about the fact that Sean Payton said he was going to, he kept the play calling conservative. And so it was nothing to worry about. That was a mistake on his part. He was going to open it up, but correct me if I'm wrong. Did we not see the same exact freaking playbook this week? There yeah, was it was, no it was a case of, it was a case of deja vu. And I know I have been, I have said this in the past in past seasons, don't get alarmed. Don't think the boat is sinking week two, week three, but I legitimately am concerned. And the reason why is because I've seen Drew have a bad game or a couple of bad series and shake it off. But this is two straight weeks that he has not looked like himself. And it's not that he's having bad games. He's not having bad games. He's just not, he's he's not playing. playing 
he's not playing to the level that we're used to. He's not getting the ball downfield, which some people have even asked me about this earlier today. Do you feel like he's injured? I said, no, I don't, I don't think it's that. I said, I don't know if, if, if the old, you know, that the saying father time, maybe he just, that was part of the reason why he was considering retiring because he could feel his body is just, you know, tired and and it, and it's wearing down. And maybe this, this is, the reason why he felt like he felt last season at the end. I think there are two important things here that you're, and and you're hitting on it right now. When you talk about father time, when you talk about your decision-making changes, if you look at that, excuse me, that interception last night, Drew Brees has never thrown an interception quite like that. No. Something that was completely to an opposing player. I don't know what he saw. And he said, he said, he came out and said, he's like, I shouldn't have threw that, threw that ball. Okay. Why did you, what were you seeing? I mean, his vision, you know, and I don't mean like physical vision. <laughs> I mean, like his vision just hasn't been there the last two weeks. I mean, right. Looking at his numbers, just, and I just, I'm, and, and I'm not please y'all listening going, Oh my gosh, she's, she's turning into one of those things. I'm not, I am normally not like this. This is week two. I, I do realize circumstances with COVID them not having preseason games, training camp, not being anything relatively normal, but this is the new Orleans saints. We've been the top five defense for years. Drew Brees, nothing has changed. I mean, it, this is not, we were one of the teams that everybody was talking about that they weren't concerned about. Because they were like, well, they've got, you know, returning cast players, major players here. Drew Brees is at the helm. The, the, the defense is, is, is solid and young. And these guys, and the, this is everybody coming back. We didn't have a lot of big shuffles going on in the offseason like a lot of teams did. So we were one of the names in the top three that they said, well, you know, the, the Saints are going to be status quo coming into this. And, yes, we did win last week, but we didn't win in spectacular fashion. Tom Brady hasn't looked great either, but I attribute his issues to being with a new team and a new scheme. And he's still trying to get used to, we don't have that problem here. If anything, we should be clicking on all cylinders and we are stalled on the side of the interstate right now. This is, this is the the deal. And, and look, I, I, Tina, I need you to take a sip of a margarita, throw (laughs) back, throw back a quick shot or something and just take a deep breath because There is no cause for panic. We have a long season. However, these are the keys that have to be watched. Number one, this team had the fewest, the smallest amount of turnover in the entire NFL from last season to this season. And places where you did have turnover, and I talked about this earlier, Emmanuel Sanders is a guy that you're going to bring in who is a speed demon who's a guy with trusty hands that you can run straight down the field and you're using them on quick outs that is not the type of ball that you play with that receiver why did we why did we bring him here you know i was excited and ecstatic i was when the possibility when we were talking about it on the show and then the talk, the rumors became actual talk and i said you know emmanuel sanders possibly is coming here i was i was happier than could be, but then Mike Thomas got hurt, and I said, "Well, here's a chance for him to shine. Here's for the chance for people to see what he can do." And why everybody was so excited when we signed him? He's probably sitting home today thinking, "Why did they bring me here? They're not going to use me." Right, right, and that has to be a question because he played his snap counts this week were significantly higher than they were last week. He was really only in about 
half of the snap counts last week on offense, but this week he was in a much higher percentage, but we saw Traquan Smith step into the top role, which, you know, he's better built for that quick out type game. Emmanuel Sanders is a guy that you have to air the ball out to and let him get some separation. But even so many plays that we saw in the decision-making last night, if we're going to talk about the playbook, why do we have so many second and third down passing situations where we're throwing routes that are still four yards short of the marker? I still can't get that. And those things are making me question Drew's ability to continue to throw the ball downfield. Now, last week we saw one long pass against the Bucks, And who threw that pass? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill threw that pass. So my question is, are we going to see a shuffling of some point if there is something wrong with the arm? We know Jameis Winston has a cannon. You know, <clears throat> do we let him come in and play some snaps? Do we turn more to that running game? We don't want to overuse Kamara, but – at no point did we see him get used as a decoy to open and up why the are defense we paying, downfield. And why are we paying Latavius Murray to sit on the sidelines? <laughs> Who's been running well these last two weeks. Yes, so exactly. I am scratching my head as a Saints fan today. I'm looking at it realistically. It's exactly and, why um, I say that I am concerned. I am, yeah. Like I said, I don't think this ship is sinking by no means, but I am very concerned. More concerned that I've been in a really long time. And, and then one of the biggest factors I have an issue with is the penalties. We had almost 130 yards of penalty. We had over uh, almost 120 last week. That, that to, you just can't, you can't overcome that. I mean, there's just, you, we can't, that is too sloppy and inexcusable for a team that's been really very, very conservative. And I mean, these are not, these aren't rookies that are coming in here. You know, no. these are guys, these are guys that, that, that have played for us that, you know, that are veterans. They shouldn't be making these kind of really ridiculous, dumb mistakes that flags are flying all over the place. Every time for one series, it was like flag after flag after flag. I said, seriously? And I there said, were far more penalties that could have been called against the Saints that weren't. Weren't called. Yes. Now, were there some against both teams last night that weren't called? Absolutely. But the Saints were 100% guilty of every penalty they got called for. And so many of them were bonehead mistakes. I mean, there's mm -hmm. no other way to put it. For a team that's always been so very disciplined, or, or, or for the most part, very disciplined, to have close to 230 every aspect, really, other than the kicking game, I am really concerned right now. I don't yeah, think this is I the agree. end of the world. I don't think, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to, th th to throw the flag. <laughs> to use, use that saying i'm not ready to do that like atlanta has like their fans of jumping ship on social media you know saying i'm ready to go uh support the saints and for them to, to see uh fans of atlanta do that the, the uh, sunday evening it was funny but i mean for for a lot of our saints fans today online and last night calling for Taysom hill or, or Jameis winston to come in in the middle of the game this is week two yeah, it's, it's concerning. Yeah. It really it is. It shouldn't be that way. And I tell you, you know, we have a lot of football left to watch. I'm not right now as it stands. I'm not looking forward to Sunday night football I'm not. and the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, who's off to his best start uh, probably ever right now. And you look at those receivers like Devontae Adams, the guys who are going to tear you up, up and down the field. That's concerning. We look at a guy like Janoris Jenkins, who last week was a ball hawk, played great in the secondary. And last night, he basically 
puts the dagger into the Saints, you know, chest. And we can't we can't afford for that to happen. So these games are are all going to be important. And we know that the team is facing a lot of challenges. It's not an easy season to play in. No. These empty stadiums are not an, an easy environment to play in. But other teams are doing it. Yes. We need to get it together. And look, I, I don't think that Again, I think the Saints are really realistically an 11 and 5, a 10 and 6 team. And I think that's still fine, especially in the NFC South. But yes. we need to make sure that uh, we got to uh, clean it up. We got to clean, we, we clean it up. Absolutely. And we talked about this last week with our predictions. And I said, I, I, I felt like Green Bay was one of the games where we're going to lose go, before the bye. So it, it makes me nervous. I don't want to start the season one and two. I really don't. But Green Bay is on fire. I mean, really, I, I said this just a couple of days ago. I said before this game, I said I could see Green Bay and, and us in the NFC Championship game. But at, at this rate, I, we'll be lucky to see us in the playoffs if we keep this up. Oh, calm but down, I, Tina. We'll but be I don't fine. see – well, I, you know, I've always been a realist with this team. I am just really concerned. If I feel like if we, if we drop the game to Green Bay and, you know, we continue playing like this and we go into the bye – and you know we're we're we're, we're like uh, two and three. I'm concerned. I mean that's because that's going to be really hard to come out of. And I know you mentioned Devonte Adams with, with with the injuries this week. My goodness, my heart broke for. I mean, they're league wide. They've been several major players out for the season with torn ACLs. Um, Christian McCafferty has a high ankle sprain, which I, Mike Thomas is dealing with himself. But uh, Devontae Adams, he, he had a hamstring injury. So we don't even know if he will even play. We don't night. even know. Right. And, and we saw uh, this weekend, it was amazing to watch the injuries that happened across the yeah. league. And, and, I, and I think that there's a lot of people that are saying that it's the lack of the preseason. I disagree with that. I think it has more to do with the restrictions that were placed on the NFL for training camp that happened. So I think that what we're seeing there is not really a, a, tra- a preseason issue. I think it's a training camp issue, still COVID related, but quite frankly, at this point, I'm wondering why did the NFL not push the season back a few weeks? Very good question. And allow the training camps to have some of that normal activity that you really have to have going into the season, That's not even game activity, question. but just conditioning and, and physical contact, all those things have to happen. We know the starters only see, you know, a handful of action in the preseason. But those, those full contact drills that were really not allowed this year in training camp are very critical to the team's performance on the field. They are critical to getting the, gel, the, the, the gelling of the team together. And they're very critical to the physical conditioning. We're seeing the results of that now, and I am afraid – and over the course of the next two weeks, we're going to see a lot more of it's, that. It was scary. I, and my, my fantasy teams, I've, I'm in four different leagues, and, and, and one of them is just literally like I, I, hanging by a thread. I lost four players this weekend, two of them for the year. And the other two, Mike Thomas is actually one of them. You know, he's out for a couple of weeks. But uh, Corlin Sutton and, and Sterling Shepard. And Raheem Mostert. Barkley. I mean, yeah, I know. mean, they, they my, my fantasy team, they're all on one else. I looked at it, I was like, wow. Thankfully, two of my other leagues are doing well. And, and but uh, one of them, like I said, I lost four players. And I mean, I, I've never had that happen before. I'm sitting in last place and I'm just like, wow, what's going on here? 
this is new to me, but I mean, it, it was a crazy weekend in the NFL for injuries. And I mean, we saw, we saw, I can't remember the, the gentleman saying, I think it was a- Abraham that slammed into that uh, oh, piece of that equipment was that was on the sideline. Yeah. Well, first of all, what is that thing doing literally three feet from the, from the end zone? <laughs> but I mean, that, that was very scary. That was very scary. I mean, we thought, I thought for a second, but my heart goes out to them. I mean, that, cause you know, this, we look forward to this all year that they're ready for it. And, and we don't know. I mean, like I said, this is a crazy year for football. It very well could be COVID related. I made a post about it earlier. I said, is it because of lack of preseason? Is it COVID related? Is there something going on? Is it injuries that we don't know? Because, you know, the Saints, especially Sean Payton, is very vague about injuries. I really don't think that's it. But something's there. I don't think the ship is sinking yet. But we've got to clean it up and get it together while we still can. Because the end stretch of our schedule is is rough. And while we're in a division where I feel like we are the best team, overall, I feel like we're a really great team. That's the thing that bothers me the most about this is the talent we have. We've been knocking on the door the last couple of seasons and just haven't gotten over the, the obstacles. But, I mean, that obstacle, if you've seen the Vikings play the last two weeks, they're horrible. So, this is, you know, this is a ch- chance for us to get through all of this, and look, we just got to clean it up. Look, and, and I have to say this, and I know that over the course, you know, you and I started this show almost like days before COVID was even a thing. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I have done a really good job of focusing on things that were not COVID. But one of the things that happens when you have an environment that we're all in is not only do you not have the drills, the training, all of those things that we talked about with training camp, but you also have on your mind the world that we're living in that's very different. So I've been watching, you know, everybody's been really excited about football, and I've been talking about the fact that I've been watching baseball, I've been watching basketball. Your cubbies, yes. (laughs) These sports are different. In the major leagues, guys are not hitting the ball very well. They're not. It's just one of these really odd things that guys who are normally 300 hitters are hitting, you know, 170, 175. And this is across the league. This isn't a big thing. Home runs are down. Contact is down. This all really has to do with the fact that you're still trying to do your normal activity in a not so normal world. And any of us who have jobs know that it affects us every single day with what we're doing. There's always some type of side effect to the world that we're in. And we talk about those, those side effects of COVID, even if it's not a direct relation. But this is kind of the world we're in, and we have to adapt to it. And on that note, did you see who got fined for not adapting to it very well last night? <laughs> yes, three, three, three coaches, three coaches, and the, and right as that, I think it was Adam Schefter broke the tweet. Right after that, <laughs> they said the league expected more to come down, and I was thinking to myself, are they watching this game right now? <laughs> yep, <and laughs> because both Gruden and Sean Payton at times did not have their mask on. <laughs> and sure and, enough, and, and, this afternoon, they have both been fined the same amount. That was Adam Schefter put that out about 30 minutes before you and I started the show here. They have now up to five, five coaches, including our own Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints, have been fined. And that is a team fine and a coach fine. That is That's $250,000 and then $100,000 for the coaches. So a total of $350,000 fine for that. And you know, the, the funny thing about this, and I didn't read, and it's not really funny, but I, I didn't realize it till this morning is John Gruden came out and said that he had COVID. 
And we all know Sean Payton had it. So yeah. I was wondering, I, I, I thought to myself, well, maybe because of the, the immunity built up because of that was one of the reasons why, but we've seen Sean last week wear it at times. We saw him wearing it yesterday, but, but most of the time and when the camera was on him, he did not have it on. So I even made the joke. If y'all follow me on Twitter, you saw the joke about it. I said, watch, I said, he's going to get fined because of it. And sure enough, there you go. So, you know, I think it was one of the guys on the broadcast last night said, why wouldn't you wear a mask if you're a head coach? Because you're always trying to hide your lips with something. I mean, Sean Payton's always got the Waffle House menu yes, in front of the his Waffle mouth. House menu. Just put seat. the mask on when you're calling your plays. Nobody has any idea what you're saying, you know? I could see in an outdoor stadium where it's hard to breathe, and depending if it's somewhere up north with the elevation. But, I mean, and that's – especially playing in the Dome last week and playing in, in the new stadium in Vegas, and there really there was no reason for it. And, and, again, I think I'm wondering if it had something to do with the fact that both of them had it and felt, you know – that there's been, and I'm obviously not a scientist, but there's you know, proof that you have an immunity for it for, for a limited time. So I'm wondering if that's why, or if it was just, uh, you know, force of habit of pulling it up and down, up and down, and just forget to pull it back up. And, you know, cause he's wearing that, that garter type one. I think there's some of that, but I have to say this, you know, and this is not something you'll ever hear on this show frequently. I got to take my hats off to the NFL officials. And that's because they have done a good job of being masked and doing their job. And they have the toughest job on the field at times mm-hmm. where they're just really running around, yes. having to run around and be on top of everything. And I thought, quite frankly, the game was called pretty fairly last night. I thought there was some holding that the Raiders got away with, but that's going to happen. Holding is always the worst of, of calls to, to make. But when you look at, at the way that they are officiating games, there are some things that aren't being called as, as, as heavily as they were in previous, the last couple of seasons, there are some things that are being called more strictly in, in, in this season that we hadn't seen before. But I think overall what I've seen, and I've watched a lot of games these first two weeks, I've seen a better job of the officials trying to not affect an outcome of a game unless it's a legit penalty and to try to make the calls fairly across the board all while keeping that mask on and running all over the field. These are the guys who are risking um, a lot of exposure and they have the cameras on them constantly. So it's something I just wanted to say because we always give NFL referees a a really hard time (laughs) in this town. But I think ultimately these last two weeks, um, somebody's just got to recognize the job that those guys are doing. Yes, I, I have to say that they are doing well. It's one of the few things I can give them props for because, you know, I've been very vocal in the past about how I feel about some of the things that have happened with the officiating. But, yes, they have been doing a great job and leading by example with that, and I hope that continues. And I hope that uh, the, you know, our, our, our coaches learn <laughs> from this and, and do it because, I mean, people are watching the games at home and they see that and, you know, they, they kind of look up to the coaches and the players and stuff. And if they're not doing it, especially after all these fines, if they continue to do it, we know these fines are only going to continue to go up. And I mean, there, that is a, that is a steep fine, a very steep fine. So it'd be interesting to see how that's going to implement over into college football, because, you know, uh, LSU starts this weekend, big game against. Ba, 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 da. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes, the Tigers. Yes, go Tigers. It's it, it's it's At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business every day are nothing short of heroic. 
and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. Like the breaking ground on new construction things, the every box and barcode matters things, and the driving the family business forward things. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you. Now serving B24 at DMV window number seven. Okay, Jim, we're next in line. Perfect, Jim. Things are going very smoothly. You remember the cell phone bill? Yes, and the birth certificate. Nice. We'll have a real ID in no time. That's right. Ready to fly to Carla's graduation and then the big game. Real great work, Jim. You too, Jim. Excuse me, are you talking to yourself? Now serving B25 at window number 10. That's our cue, Jim. Excuse us. Talk yourself into real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash real ID. It's going to be very interesting because there's a, a, a fence around the stadium, so no tailgating. <laughs> now, I really don't know. I, like, I've never been to LSU tailgating before. I've heard it's an experience. People have told me in my lifetime that I need to go out there for a game and experience it because it's an awesome thing, nothing that you know, I've never seen before. But uh, I, I can't imagine that there's not going to be something going on out there. Well, you know, we've watched college football kind of start to get rolling. And, of course, the big SEC stuff hasn't started yet. There's been a lot of, a lot of uh, parts of the country where, where schools have opted out, teams have mm-hmm. opted out, players have opted out. But down here, when you're on the cusp of having the LSUs and the Alabamas and the Floridas getting into it. Now, we talked earlier about why didn't the NFL postpone the season a little bit. The SEC did that. The SEC mm-hmm. said, we're going to push the season in a few weeks and make sure we have enough time to get our players ready. And I think that was the right answer. So we're about to see them take the field. You're going to tell me that in the city of Baton Rouge, you're not going to allow tailgating and it's just not going to somehow happen. I'm really curious to see how that happens. But- I, think, I think it will, but I know it's not going to be on campus, but it will be interesting <laughs> to see. I know it's, look, I may even make a drive around Saturday morning to get some snapshots and put it on my Twitter page just to, because and- I, I see it happening in places. I just don't know where, but it's not going to be on campus. But yeah, a lot of Tigers fans are very excited, especially at after coming off that win in, in uh, the national championship. And it's going to be for, for the Tigers this year, it's going to be very different because obviously Joe Burrow has moved on to the NFL. A lot of their big players, Jordan Jefferson, they've all went on to the NFL. So the, the, the Tigers are going to look very different this season. And I know coach has been on television doing his interviews this past week. And I know he's, he, if, if, if there isn't another coach out there that can't get you hyped up, for, for, for college football. I don't know who it is because coach, Oh man, he is and and he's our home. He's our home son. I mean, he's born and raised here and you know, we're, we're all familiar with coach. O, but he, he's just awesome to watch his interviews. He really just, if you're not a fan, he's going to, he's going to make you one. Coach O is my spirit animal. You know what I mean? Like he's, yes. he's the guy that if you don't want to be like him, if you don't want to have the way to motivate people the way he can and just the story the story of this home kid becoming the, the head coach at LSU and saying, oh, we are going to win a national championship. And what happens? You and everybody laughed at him. Everybody said, this is not the guy. This is not the guy that's going to do it. And he's the one who shut everybody up. up. Yep. And, and that's an amazing story. And I, I don't think there's a person in this state 
who doesn't have tremendous respect for what he did with that program for him personally. He's been very vocal about everything. He's always on television. He's mm -hmm. always uh, in the spotlight. He's and probably one of the it. most transparent coaches there is really. Oh, I mean, yeah. he just, he just, he's very honest. He tells the one thing I will tell you that I absolutely loved in this this is the thing that got me because I'm a very simple person and I was watching an interview with him after a game last year. And I think it was the Bama game. And they asked him, they said, what, what are you going to do? And he said, I'm going to go home and make myself a sandwich. Yep. And right. that was like, I know people are listening like, really? But that is the most simple thing. And this is a guy who just got a contract extension. I mean, like you said, nobody gave him a chance to do anything here at LSU. They, they were like, he's the wrong choice. It was a joke. You know, brought a national championship. I mean, Joe Burrow, I mean, just that team was just incredible what they did last year. And said, I'm just going to go home and I'm going to make myself a sandwich. And that's oh, it. That's right. That's right. I mean, how could you not love that? It's just... I mean, it just goes to show you what kind of person he is. You know, it, it, what you see is what you get with Coach O, and that's why we love him. And I'm excited for the Tigers this year. It, it, the team is going to ve look very different now because we lost a lot of players. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens on Saturday. I think the game's for 2.30. Is that right? We're playing Mississippi State. I, I believe so that's right, yeah. I think a lot of people will be glued to the TV. We, we've got actually a lot of games this, this weekend. We've got Tulane this weekend against Southern Miss. we got ULL against Georgia Southern. That's right, Tulane. Tulane had that great comeback victory in, in week one. And this week, they were they were up 24-0, and then they pulled the classic Atlanta Falcons to <laughs> the, the, the midshipmen of Navy. Yes, who, uh, Navy came back and spoiled just... the home opener here, unfortunately. But, you know, this is what we've – this we've got – Louisiana is a wonderful college football uh, state. And we've got so many schools that have made <clears> – <throat> Uh, great strides in their programs have made some national, you know, headlines here and there have put national talent on the field. Our high schools produce ridiculous amounts of talent to the NFL, but you know, you look at a school like ULL, ULL, they were struggling this weekend against Georgia state, which by the way, <clears throat> Georgia state is a very good football team and they used, I don't know if you got to see that game at all, but they yeah. used Turner Field, the former home of the Braves. That's where Georgia State is playing their football right now. And it was really neat to see this old baseball stadium that was, you know, built for the Olympics in 96. That's been now converted to Georgia State Stadium. But um, ULL did come back, win that game. ULL's 2-0. They're ranked 19th in the country. Them uh, and LSU are, are, are both nationally ranked. And, it's great to see our state still being a major player in those rankings. Now, granted, we don't have a lot of we have a lot of conferences that aren't playing football, so they don't kind of count right now. But I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. It gives the spotlight to more than just those LSU Tigers, even though the Tigers deserve it. Uh, I, I love to see our state shine on the football field and, and every other field imaginable. You know. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an exciting time. We talked about this last week with it being fall and the weather. And with that comes football. We've got our Saints playing. We've got LSU and ULL and Tulane. And just it's, it's an exciting time for sports fans. I know you're excited because your Cubs and baseball has been going off. But you know, for us here in Louisiana, it's just because we, we struggle with the summer and the heat and the humidity. So it's just when fall comes, there's just so many things that usually come with it. And like the, the, the joke online the other day when we had the cool weather was instead of it being a weather advisory, it was a gumbo advisory. Yep. 
That's right. Because that's the first thing we do. As soon as weather gets cool, we start cooking gumbo. And I, I mean, the, I can't even tell you how many people were online talking. I had made it actually the previous weekend for uh, this, the Saints opening game at, against the Bucks. I had made it that weekend. And so I just, I didn't want it again. So you know, I didn't cook it again. Of course, I'm a little backwards though, because I'll cook dumplings and gumbo and soup and stuff in the summertime, just because sometimes I just kind of crave that good home cooking. But this past weekend, I mean, with the weather being away, and it was kind of cool. And like you said, it got a little chilly in the evenings. A lot of people were cooking gumbo. So we look forward to that for so many reasons. And a lot of our food fests are usually in the fall too. So I mean, as soon as it, today is the official day of fall, we you know, we're starting to roll into prep football, college football, you know, our Saints will be in week three. And, you know, hopefully the um, the city of New Orleans will be able to open up for our fans after this game, after this Packers game and, you know, get some of them who that's in that stadium. Cause I know they're just itching to get back in that dome. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, on, on the note, you were talking about gumbo today being the first day of fall. I had a lunch today that I just have to tell you about because I'm actually still sipping on it. I have a 20 ounce cup full of gumbo from chef ron's gumbo stop oh that's one of my favorite you've been places. to that oh my god oh, I, I, tell used you what, to work. I haven't been there in a while and i finally went back today and they've renovated the place it's much they've got a lot more space they've got the smaller dining the bigger dining room open right now the smaller one's still closed because they are trying to adhere to all of the regulations but i had the gumbo monso have you had that one I haven't. No, I, it's I, been a, it's been a few years. I used to work right around the corner on Ridge Lake, and oh when yeah. he first opened, I I got meals from there quite often. And their gumbo, and I'm very picky on gumbo, but their gumbo was really really good. And he'd have crawfish etouffee. He had his his daily specials, and I mean, I'd call at least two three times a week and see what they had going on there. We ordered from there, and Spitalis were like our two go plates, oh, go to places. Spitalis, and yes. but yeah, he's he's got. I'd have to say top three gumbo in the city. I, I'll go there. You. This this gumbo, so it's a, it's a gumbo with basically everything. It's got the chicken, the sausage, the shrimp, the the uh, crab meat. It's got it's got a fillet, but it also has okra. And this particular one, they they put uh, they serve it with the potato salad instead mm -hmm. of the rice, uh, the yes. old Cajun style. And also, uh, this is the first time I'd ever had it. I know I, people I've heard people talk about this for years, but the poached eggs that they serve on top of it. You may, Oh gosh. I, I tell you what, it was tremendous. So I'll have to check that out then. Cause it's been a while because I don't locally. work over that way anymore, but, yeah. but yeah, it was really, I always got the regular, just the, you know, the traditional seafood gumbo and it was absolutely delicious, but I'll definitely have to try that. They, they do a great job. So if you're listening locally, they are up and running. If you're if you're planning to come visit New Orleans anytime, whether it's it's a it's not going to be in your in your downtown CBD everything else. It's right off the interstate Metairie, but it's well worth getting that lift or getting the Uber or whatever else you're going to take and go out there and check it out. And here's Chef the cool Ron's thing: he does. Stop. I know he caters, so you can order and have something for Sunday or Saturday for LSU games or Sunday for Saints games for your whole family. Cause he does do catering. So Absolutely. you can order it, order it by, I think like the gallon or half gallon, but yeah, it's, it's definitely worthwhile. That and red beans. Those were like my two favorite things from there. 
I mean, yeah, this, he, but I, it's it's hard for me to say, but I give him top three gumbo in, in, in the area because it, it, it was really that good. Next time you go over there, I, I, I didn't get them today, but one of the things that I have loved over there is his boudin balls. His boudin balls are tremendous. They're just as good as when you're going down through Scott, Louisiana, and you stop at one of those places down there. One of the little hole in the wall places that you drive by. It's got a little sign oh, on the side yes, of the road. Indeed. <laughs> Absolutely. Hot sausage, po' boys, boudin balls. <laughs> That's true. So, do you, you know, we've talked about, uh, and, and, and being in that, talking about that great Louisiana food that comes out of southwest Louisiana, you know, as we're dealing with this tropical storm beta that's just kind of making its way around you, I just want to remind you folks to check out something we talked about last week, Louisiana Strong. That is really something that has affected one of the most underrated or probably the most underrated portion of our state that a lot of people don't get the opportunity to really visit or know about. When we talk about Acadiana, we talk about the the real down-home Louisiana people. Southwest Louisiana, South Central Louisiana is where a lot of that is. I really encourage you to go on Facebook, check out Louisiana Strong, and realize what those folks are dealing with in the uh, the wake of Hurricane Laura. And just a reminder, I want to throw out there, as we're talking about gumbo and we're talking about boudin and everything else, and we go, this is where all this is. We're talking about ULL. This is all from an area that was really heavily affected by Hurricane yes, Laura. Yes, Lake Charles, Lafayette, Sulphur. And the thing that breaks my heart, I, I watched the Weather Channel earlier today. For, y'all, for those of y'all listening outside of our area, we're done with the alphabet. So with the with the hurricane so they go to the greek alphabet and we're on beta already so that's why it's tropical storm beta and uh he or he or she <laughs> we're used to calling him by names he is hitting the texas coastline right now and houston's getting some horrible flooding our heartbreak goes out to them right now my heart breaks for them because they not too come many years ago had some some really uh unprecedented flooding but now they're saying that beta could possibly come back out into the gulf and then make a second landfall in Louisiana, not very far from Lake Charles, where Hurricane Laura just devastated the area. Unbelievable. I mean, we've seen, I don't know if you saw this today, but uh, Paulette is now back in action in the Atlantic Ocean. And I'm going, wait a second, this is a year that we're getting hurricanes that finish their run and then they come back around. Like, this doesn't happen. We are in such... unprecedented territory and the united states of america has had nine named storms make landfall the last time that happened was 1916 over a deck over a century ago the last time we had nine named storms and the the last time we got through all the alphabet and went into the greek alphabet was 2005 which is the year that yeah, when Katrina and Rita hit. So our heart goes out to everybody in Houston and Corpus Christi, Galveston, all that area that's getting some crazy rain from beta that literally, is, it's. I'm not going to say it's stationary because it is moving, but it's doing the same thing that um, the Sally was doing, just kind of like, you know, mirroring around off of the coast and just sitting there and dumping rain. And then the storm surge. I mean, I have friends that live in Slidell. 
And, you know, if you live on the water out there, the storm surge, anytime there's like wind or, or a rain event out there, that storm surge comes up and the, the, it, the water comes over their decks, it comes onto their roads. It's been like that two, three times this past week. It's a couple weeks ago with, with the other storms, it did the same thing. I mean, that those people out there can't even get out of their driveways. And this is something that happens normally once or twice a year. It's happened that once in one week. So this is just something that we, you know, we're familiar with it, but it's, it really has been nuts. So, I mean, like I said, my heart goes out to them right now. And I really hope and pray that this thing just kind of like dissipates once it fully gets over land, doesn't get back in the Gulf, because even though they're not projecting for it to re-strengthen, that can always happen. And then for it to make a second landfall, when those people, they're literally, they're, they're rebuilding their houses, like as we speak. And right then this right. thing to come over again we just we don't need any of that and we still have until november the first which is the end of hurricane season typically we don't see anything the end of october so i mean but this has been a nuts year for for hurricanes so, i mean i honestly we still have another what six weeks of hurricane season yeah like what do we do when we run out of uh greek letters do we start i don't know that's a good question i really have no idea we're gonna have to get the answer to that for next week we're we're yeah we'll have to do that for my homework if if yeah that'll be floors truly homework what what happens when we happen but i tell you what i told somebody today i said you know this beta i don't know if you remember this but beta started as the tropical low that was just south of Biloxi, Mississippi, when uh, Sally was forming down by Florida. And so this, that's beta now, started almost two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. And it made its way through the Gulf and made it over to Texas, went inland a little bit, came back out, and it's been sitting there for quite some time. Mm -hmm. This is the same storm. And I said, you know, this thing has been out there for a while. It's taken its sweet time. I said, it's almost like Zulu on Mardi Gras morning in the 80s. <laughs> and if you, <laughs> and if it, you remember, you know, Zulu used fact. to start at 8 in the morning and not get anywhere close to Lee Circle until five, six hours after <laughs> they started. It would just Here's meander. A, um, Here's a little fun fact for you. I don't know if you know this or not, but Beta was not supposed to be Beta. Beta was actually supposed to be Wilfred. And because of the other storms that were out in the Atlantic, they formed faster. So that one of those got the name Wilfred. And then we, we went on to the Greek alphabet and then this became Beta. So I don't That's know if right. you knew that or not. I, so, I knew that that was, it was, a, it was a tight race, you know, between, between Beta and, and Wilfred. And Wilford got it by, I think, only one advisory. I think there was only one advisory time that got there before Beta was there. Because at one point, there were six different disturbances. And there was one that was kind of sort of forming, actually, over land in Florida. And I actually had posted it on my Facebook and Twitter the other day because I was like, really? I was like, are we going to deal with this too coming in the Gulf? But I think it just kind of dissipated. But, uh, but yeah, at one time, we had six disturbances at once. And like you said, I mean, uh, is it Paulette? and uh the, the, oh, the what's back was, out there what's yeah. the other they call you it got, a zombie tropical storm because you got teddy that's out there that's teddy. still wreaking havoc and you know you've had i mean and did you see today that the cloud tops from the visible uh satellite in space makes a literal smiley face from beta to teddy 
with the cloud tops that stretch all the way across the country, like basically all the way through the Atlantic and through the Gulf, it makes a giant smiley face. And I saw that today and I said, interesting. I cannot believe this is real, but it's 2020. We accept, we accept anything as being possible at this point. So if y'all have a chance, like Jeff had mentioned before, go on my Facebook group, Louisiana Strong. I used to say we are a hurricane relief group for Louisiana, but we are now a hurricane disaster relief group, period, because I have been posting about so much other things going on in other areas. And obviously, beta is is really just uh, tearing up the the coastline in texas and now they're they're gonna have flooding in houston so uh, i mean we're not we were we welcome information in area any area i have friends in houston and corpus christi i have family in beaumont they were affected by harvey a couple of years ago which i mentioned last week on the show that we used a louisiana strong for that reason but i mean these people you know the, the, the purpose of it is to get the resources out there and these people are you know devastated by something that you, you're you're sitting home and you're literally just thinking you're just going to get a little rainstorm and if you put on the weather channel right now you see what's going on and it's really heartbreaking so i'm just glad that we have an outlet that we're able to utilize to get that information out there to help them because i mean it to me it's like if i just help one or two people a, a week then it's it's worth it it's worth my time doing it because because I, I being personally a victim of it myself with Katrina and other tropical storms in the past. And, you know, we've been very, very fortunate here in the new Orleans area to escape anything major this year. Um, and I, and I hope that that continues. I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but I mean, if, if we can help, we will do what we can. So, right, you know, I appreciate exactly. anybody that checks out the site, shares it to anyone. And, you know, of course, if y'all have any, any suggestions or anything or want to share, please feel free to, cause that's what we're here for. And that's the beauty of having, having floors truly is being able to get that out there so that's right and i want to leave you on a positive note today so we talked about all the things that were going on the nfl the cubs the 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 college football season lsu starting saturday but here's something i'm excited about we're only a few months away from carnival season and we're still not 100 percent sure what that's going to look like but i did get some good news this week and that is the parade schedule in Metairie is going to have a brand new crew. A brand yes. new crew is going to hit the streets of Metairie. The crew of Symphony. I love the name. <laughs> I love the name. Love and, the and name. We've got, we've got the god of theater when we've got the god of, of, of wine. So now we get the god of music that starts to come in. We've got Orpheus, and now Orpheus's counterpart is Symphony. And that is going to be hitting the streets of Metairie. It's the first crew uh, the second crew, actually, in the last few years that'll be starting up, and that's out in Metairie, and and we we know that Mardi Gras. It's so weird because it is it is the most wonderful time of the year in southeastern Louisiana. There's no doubt about it, and the weather is beautiful. We have so much great stuff going on, but we don't often see where new organizations really get their act together and get something started, and so. I have to give my put my hats off to them. They have been an organization that's been kind of doing a ball for the last several years. Yeah, yes, yeah, all that. This year, they're putting their they're putting their money where their mouth is. They've got floats together. They're putting something out there, and we know that this year, Carnival's been rocked by quite a quite a bit of controversy. Yes, uh, which most people have even forgotten about because of the age and times that we live in right now. But it is really great to see a new crew that's going to hit the streets. 
I'm excited about it. So uh, I just wanted to throw that out there that there is some positive light in this uh, somewhat gray world right now. And I'm excited for that because I remember growing up when I was younger, I used to march in parades with my dance group and every single night there was a parade. And on the weekends there was two parades, sometimes three, just depending on if it was the Sunday before. So I'm excited because I want to see that again, because I remember looking at the schedule the last two years and there were like two nights in a row where there was no parade. And I know Sunday night before Mardi Gras, my personal favorite in Metairie was Napoleon and they disbanded and they're no longer rolling, but then there was no parades on that Sunday night. And then now that they've moved, one of the crews moved, moved and now they're rolling on Sunday. And then they had another new crew that came in. So I'm excited. I'm happy to hear that because I want to get back to that tradition of everybody being out there that week before Mardi Gras there should be parades every single night and I know when most people talk about Mardi Gras season they associate the Super Cruise and Demian, Bacchus, Orpheus and then Mardi Gras Day, Zulu, Rex but I want to I want to see that day again where we have parades every single night the week before Mardi Gras so I'm excited about hearing that I'm excited for King Cake y'all know that that's my favorite thing about Mardi Gras Oh, I, I love me wait. some king that, cake. I can't believe you just said the words king cake because now I'm, I'm drooling. I just finished some gumbo and I feel like a natural progression would just be a wonderful piece of king cake right in my hands right now. I know it's a no-no, but there are other things that you can make and on my list, and I'm going to share the recipe when we get closer to carnival season this year is I'm going to do for the first time a king cake bread pudding. I have never made one and I've always wanted to, but I'm the type of person I can't keep king cake in the house without eating it. So this year, my goal for Mardi Gras is to make a king cake bread pudding. So I will be sharing the recipe and photos on social media when we get closer to Mardi Gras season. And I'm sure I'll be giving my review because I don't care whether she invites me or not. Tina, I will be at your house for that. Thank you. I have already said when the kitchen is finished, we are going to have a big party and cook, but we are not finished because the weather has not cooperated, but it's all good. <laughs> it is fine. We're going to get there. It's going to happen. So I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight again, and I hope everyone has a wonderful week, and I'm going to leave us with a just a thought and prayer for everybody in Texas right now, and let's say go Tigers, go Saints, go to lane go ull that's right go tigers (laughs) and you can as always find us on twitter my name is tina at the nola girl our floors truly twitter handle is at floors underscore truly and i'm here with my fabulous guest jeff i'm a guest today come on tina (laughs) i am like i'm tripping up on my words (laughs) it's all good you can find me on the twitter at the Nola Rolla, or of course, you could just go the old-fashioned way. Find me on Facebook, Jeff Momus, M-A-U-M-U-S. Nobody knows how to spell that. That's fine. But I'm so delighted to be with you once again, Tina. Yes. You see what happens when you say king cake? I get like sugar brain and I can't think now. You know what it was? It was... (laughs) It was, I told you to have that uh, shot of vodka, tequila, whatever, earlier in the show. <laughs> no such thing. It's all about the king cake brain. That's how I am. But again, thank y'all for joining us. And we are going to see you next week on Floors Truly. Y'all have a great night. Stay dry.
At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business every day are nothing short of heroic. And you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. Like the breaking ground on new construction things, the every box and barcode matters things, and the driving the family business forward things. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.